I believe this is the last week of our series, Build the Road, for right now. And um, like Brother Hagin said, these uh, messages can kind of like be a freight train. You just uh, unhook uh, and hook back up. So we could just go on uh, Build the Road Forever, uh, which we need to forever be building the road in our lives. And whether you realize it or not, you are building a road. And you have built a road. And the reason that you are experiencing today what you are experiencing is because you built a road with your words. Proverbs says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. It is uh, uh, more amazing to me every day as I get older, the power of your words and how much just a couple words can affect the entire atmosphere around you, can affect people's lives, the power of words. But it's not actually uh, hard to figure out when you realize that the whole earth and the whole system, that uh, solar system, the universe is built upon words, and those words are God's words. So if you could actually get the words of God to stir around in your mind and in your spirit and have those words come out your mouth, you could have what God has and you could experience what God has for you. But it's only going to come in our lives through the word of God. Every word of God will come to pass and every word of God is full of power and full of might. Now I want to start today in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, and I want you to believe with me. Do you know what I mean when I say believe with me? Concerning the word of God that we are approaching and concerning the spirit of God and him revealing to us what he wants us to see and what we need to see. Because ministry is not a one-way street, but ministry, effective ministry, is a two-way street. You see, Jesus in Mark chapter 5 could do no mighty work there, save lave his hands on a few, uh, one translation says, people with minor ailments or minor sicknesses and minor diseases. Why? Because of their unbelief. Uh, in other words, with Jairus' daughter, he kept, got everybody out of the house, and he went up. Why? Because of their unbelief. And so, I'm not saying you all are like having unbelief here. <laughs> but what I am saying is the group of people that you're with affect your ability uh, to believe God and the ability of God to show up in the way that he wants to. And so um, you don't ever want to just be in neutral, but you want to be working with the Holy Spirit with who's ever speaking because there is an unction and there are things from the Spirit of God that you can draw out that wouldn't have happened if you didn't show up, that wouldn't have happened if you didn't believe God. In other words, everyone in here, everyone that is born again has something from God and has something to offer. And as soon as we comprehend that this is not a lecture, but it is a time for the Spirit of God to move and to open up and to reveal I love T.L. Osborne, how he said, you know, I, can uh, uh, I can't teach, but you can learn. I've been chewing on that for like 10 years. 
What does that mean? You know, I could, I could yield to the Spirit of God, and I always do my best to, to yield to Him and, and give out amazing things, but if He does not reveal to you, you won't know it. The Spirit of God has to show you. Light has to come. I mean, I read my Bible for years, and I was born again, and I got some light, but when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, light flooded in. And I began to see things from the Spirit of God. I had read those pages before, but it's, in fact, I had memorized them. And that's why it was so amazing to me and still is amazing to me because I could still quote from what I uh, memorized when I was a Bible quizzer. But it's so different when it comes from here than when it comes from here. In fact, I had to memorize it there. Here, it just is there. It just comes up. So anyhow, uh, it's a two-way street. We're, we're working together with the Holy Spirit, and he is going to show us, uh, reveal to us, unfold to us uh, the Word of God and the plan of God. We're going to start in Numbers chapter 13, and I'm going to skip around a little bit. We'll start with verse 17. This is uh, talking about Moses sending out the spies into the land of Canaan. Verse 17, and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. Verse 27, uh, they went and spied it out. Surely it flows with milk and honey, and uh, it's a fruitful land. Verse 30, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now I want you to notice, he said, let us go up at once and possess it. And then he said, we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men that went up with him said, we are not able, excuse me, said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants uh, thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which come uh, of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Do you think Joshua and Caleb in their own sight were as grasshoppers, perhaps, but they chose not to speak by what they see or what they felt, but by the very word of God, because God said, I have given you this land. What does that mean if you believe God? Well, that means God said, I have given you this land of blessing. I have given you this land of prosperity. I have given you this land of children. I have given you this land of marriage. I have given you this land of freedom. But the enemy sometimes is camping on what God has already given to you. He's squatting, <laughs> illegally squatting, and he has to be removed. But if we judge by what we see and what it feels like and what it seems like, well, then we would call God a liar. And we would say, you must have lied. Because you said, you know, I am on the increase financially. You said you have enabled me to prosper. <laughs> and why am I not prospering? It's got to be because you're not telling the truth. Well, none of us would, would say that. But by our actions and our thoughts, we kind of do that a lot of times. And so um, it says that Caleb and Joshua's report was a good report. And, uh, <laughs> that's funny. and uh, 
that the other 10 spies had an evil report. One, one translation says, of doubt and unbelief. Let's read on to verse 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept at night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. It has to be the leader's fault. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in the wilderness? It was better when I was not a Christian. It was better when I wasn't living for the Lord. Why in the world? I might as well just stayed and done that. I know you've had none of those thoughts. We're going to turn over to chapter 14. Let's read verse with, uh, starting with verse 23. Surely they shall not see the land, oh, maybe verse 21. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened unto my voice, Surely they will not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. Now, I can speak as a father. Sometimes you kind of are almost provoked when your children don't believe you. You're saying, no, I, I really did this for you. Or worse, like if you go hunting and your wife doesn't believe that you actually got a deer. And you walk in. And you have a friend with you in the mouth of two or three witnesses to everything be established. And they're still like, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Verse 24, provoke me. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and has followed me fully, Excuse me. And has followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. You know, and interesting, just a little quick side note. Hopefully, it's going to be real quick. But I talked about at the beginning believing God together. You see, Joshua and Caleb were greatly affected by the crowd that they ran with, they believed God. We are well able to possess the land. They pleased God and they got to go in, but what? It took 40 years in the desert. So uh, this, is a, this is like a, a group thing. Um, let's just skip down uh, for the sake of time to verse 28. Saying unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and all that uh, were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, uh, which have murmured against me. So in other words, according as you have, I have heard in my ears from your speaking, so will I do to you. And so I've endeavored in this whole series, but maybe because it's Thanksgiving, I'm just going on the negative side, <laughs> really to focus on the positive confession, you know, the, the confession of what we have in Christ and who we are. But we have to understand the same is equally true. I'm going to do according to what you have spoken. Whatever you say about it's what I'm going to do. Isaiah says, uh, the Lord said, uh, declare 
that you may be justified. Plead with me. Set forth your cause. Set forth your case. And so it is in our speaking. Life and death are in the power of our tongue. Uh, now let's look over at uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Verse 17, of course, talking of Abraham, uh, the father of the faith, and standing in faith, as it's written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. I'm going to read that again. God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means God calls those things which be not as though they were, as though they existed, which, which don't look like they exist. He calls them as though they do. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of of many nations according to that which was what spoken so shall thy seed be the word of god was first spoken so that it could be written but it was then written so that we could speak it and so there's something about our speaking and something about our speaking of the word of God who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. When all hope seems lost, remember, Paul, all hope seemed lost for the ship and everything on the ship, and they even thought they were despairing even for their very lives. But Paul said, remember what he said? Wherefore, sirs, I believe God, it shall be even as he told me. And then he goes and relates the experience. The angel appeared to him and told him, you know, there's going to be loss of the ship and everything on it, but your lives will be spared. You know, I don't know this, but I personally believe if he didn't speak that, the whole thing might have gone down. I mean, they did go down, but they might have drowned. In other words, when you believe something, Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able to possess this land. So they saw the giants. They went and spied out. They saw all the same things, but they weren't moved by what they saw. They were moved by what they believed, and they believed what God said, that it would be the way God said it would be. I heard this a couple weeks ago, and it's so good. I'd never heard it till a couple weeks ago, that, at least that I actually heard it and received it. Somebody said, worry is seeing your future without God in it. Worry is seeing your future without God involved. Worry is seeing your future based upon what you can do, based upon your abilities or your friend's abilities or your uh, company's abilities. Worry is seeing the future without God in it. And what's real interesting is if you look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, um, we're instructed, amplified, casting all of your cares upon him because 
He cares for you, about you watchfully and for you expectantly. Something to that effect. And so if you're going to get your prayers to work for you, you cannot be carrying a load of cares. You have to get rid of your cares. Why? Smith Wigglesworth said something about believing God that will cost him to pass over a million people just to get to one person who's believing him. Just to get to one person. It's like all of a sudden you send up this flare and he sees that flare and he cannot resist the attraction of that flare. Why? Because you've plugged into him. God's not trying to keep stuff from us. He's trying to get stuff to us. But our problem is, if my life is a big plug, we're, we're kind of remodeling our house, so I'm dealing with some electrical stuff right now, so I'm thinking electrical. So if my life is a big plug and I plug it into my college education or my master's degree, then I can only get what that offers me. I'm limited to that. If I plug it into the government, I'm limited to what the government can do, and I have to go through miles and years of red tape. <laughs> if I plug into my wife, I can only get what she can supply me. But if I plug into God, now there is an unlimited source, and a source that is perfect in every way. And so when I, when I plug into God, I guess I think of like the, 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 the twist plugs, you know, you plug it in and you twist it and it's, you're just, you're connected and there's a solid connection and you can't, you can't pull it out because it's just connected. Well, then the power of God can flow. Do you know one of the best ways that we plug into God, probably a primary way we plug into God, you'd almost call it a, a law of praise and worship? And as soon as you start to praise God and as soon as you start to worship God, something begins to happen. And I think I said this before, but I'm going to repeat it. It's not like God is up there on the throne and he's waiting for you to tell me how good I am because I need my ego built up and I need a little extra pride going on and you know, I want to feel better about myself because nobody's told me lately how good I am. It's actually about declaring the very words of God because in reality, there is none good but God, like Jesus said. Jesus himself, they said, good teacher, good master. And he said, his response was, there is none good but God. Psalm 119 says that, uh, talking of God, you are good and you do good. All of his ways are good. And the thing about it is, in order to plug into him, you have to begin declaring who he is and what he has. And as soon as you declare, my God is a good God, my God is always watching out for me, there's no place I can go where my God is not. Psalm 139, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I something take the wind, wings in the morning and see, that's when I memorize here, not here, right? <laughs> Go to the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there, your hand will lead me and guide me. In other words, the psalmist is declaring by the Spirit of God, you can't go anywhere that God does not show up. I don't care how much you try to hide. I don't care how horrible you think your life has become, how terrible of a sin you think you've done. There's no place you can go where God does not show up. 
And so when we begin to speak the truth of who God is, his power will flow. And that's what praise and worship does for us. Let's look over. Well, let me finish reading this real quick, and then we'll look over at Acts. Um, as, it's so good, I want to start again. As it's written, I have made you the father of many nations. Before him whom he believed. In the margin of my Bible, it actually says, like unto him whom he believed. Even God, who quickens the dead or makes the dead live, makes the dead area of your life live, makes the dead area of your finances live and come to life, and calls those things which be not as though they were. All right? So, so we already know this is a little different than maybe how we would normally talk without God. <laughs> calls those things which be not as though they were. In other words, Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able to possess it. But if they went by natural standards, that, that would not be possible according to their ability. But they were not looking and speaking according to their ability. They believed what God said, I have given you the land, now go and possess it. So they never saw their future without God. They saw their future, well, we're going to go in there and God's going to anoint us and God is going to show up and we are more than victorious. But the, 12, uh, the other 10 spies, they saw their future without God involved. They saw a future being overpowered by these people that they said, I don't know if they talked to them or they're just like Eve, where she kind of like listened to the devil and spoke it and said like, we're even grasshoppers in their sight. You know, we're grasshoppers in our sight and in their sight. Who against hope believed in hope that he might uh, become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When you begin to consider your natural surroundings, your abilities without God, your faith begins to wane. I think you see that in Peter when he stepped out on the water. He got very close to Jesus, close enough that Jesus could just reach out and grab him. But then all of a sudden, what happened? He got his eyes off the master. He got his eyes off of what Jesus said. You know, he was stepping out on the words of Christ. What did he say? He said, Jesus, oh, there you are. If you can do that, I can do that. I'm just going to go out on the water. No, he said, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come. And he stepped out on that word, come. That built a road across the raging sea. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. I like uh, one translation Pastor Mark quotes all the time, and I don't remember which one it is, but it says, having considered, he considered not. Having considered, he considered not. Uh, that's really kind of how I do stuff most of the time. So I'll look, and I'll be like, whoa, this is not good. <laughs> I'll be like, mm, this is no match for me, or I'm no match for this, rather. I say, but God, this is what God said. And that's my point of decision. 
then I have to decide, what am I going to believe? Am I going to believe what I feel? Sometimes your feelings are very intense. Sometimes your feelings can be very overwhelming. Fear not, only believe. Consider not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, see, so however old you are here, you haven't faced this in your life. About 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Uh, well, I don't remember which translation it is, but one says, grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. It's exactly what we're talking about. You plug into God. How could he give glory to God? He didn't see it because he had it in here. He had received it. He believed God. And when you believe God, when you actually believe God from your spirit, it's, the, it's done. There's no questioning. There's no problem. Uh, the, when I believe God, I may have a thought in my head, but it's actually hard for me co to connect with the fear of that thought or the worry of that thought. But if you say, can you find it in there? Like, hold on. Yes, I could find it. But its power has been stripped because I believe God. And so I believe God more than those thoughts, more than uh, the reasonings. But this kind of stuff, if you don't make a pattern in your life of trusting God and you get on the other side of it, it'll seem uh, the mountain is too big and this is impossible. Well, if you're in that situation, do you know how to get out? Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, and 25. Have faith in God. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. In other words, you have to believe God and you speak it. This is not speaking because you feel like speaking. This is not speaking because you're just, okay, what am I supposed to say? Okay, this is what I'm supposed to say. Okay, so I'm going to say that. Now, sometimes you have to write stuff down. You get the word of God and you know, okay, I know it's right here. I know the answer's right here. So you speak it and you feel like, okay, this is not going to do any good. And you say it, you know, mountain be removed in Jesus' name. But then you just speak it until you, you, your voice, I look at it the same way, like plugging into God, you got to connect that voice to the voice of faith so that then you're speaking from what you believe. You're not speaking based on what you prayed. Prayer is ineffective if it's not based on the word of God. The word of God is the only thing that lasts. The word of God is the only thing that will endure. And if you want to have a prayer life that works, and where you see things happen, if you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done. Man, in the American church, we have so much revelation, like you could just stop on one thing and say amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Giving Groost grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. 
Is it interesting that it doesn't say he was going to perform, but he was able to perform. So you just have to give glory to God and know that God is able to perform it. My God is able. My God is more than able. And sometimes you have to talk to yourself out loud. And, you know, because all of these thoughts bombard and try to control you and try to push you down, you say, no, my God is able. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, it doesn't look like it. Look at your bank account. You know, you can hardly pay your bills. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah, but you just had like something else break. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What am I doing? I am separating myself from the power of those thoughts to dominate me. I will not let those thoughts dominate me. I will let the thoughts of God dominate me, and I will speak his word. And when I speak his word, it cuts to the core of my being, and it separates my mind, my will, and my emotions from my spirit so that when I speak, I speak with authority so that my voice is connected to the very words of God, so the words that I'm speaking are not even my words. That's why you got to get the word of God in your head by meditating in the word of God. You transform your mind so that then you speak his words because when I speak his words and they were birthed from him, and maybe they're in a cultural or vernacular that I understand, but when I speak his words... I have confidence in his words. I'm resting and relying upon his words, not my own words. That's why you have to let his words live in you and abide in you and take residence and make their home in you so that when you speak his words, you're not saying this is coming to pass because of who I am. You're saying this is coming to pass because of who he is and he never changes and he watches this to perform this. He's not watching my words per se to perform my words. He's watching over his words. But if I can get his words in my mouth, like Jesus told Reinhard Bonnke, my words in your mouth are just as powerful as my words in my mouth. That means if we could just get his words in our mouth and speak his words, we can have what he says he already paid for us to have. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> Praise the Lord. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. In other words, like Brother Higgins said, when I boldly confess, then and then only do I possess. And so they weren't quiet about praising God. Why were they praising God? Because they were in the prison? They're like, oh, thank you, Lord, we're in prison. Thank you, Lord, we're locked up. Thank you, Lord, they can't move my arms and my legs. I'm stuck right here. The same thing as in Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14, the God kind of faith. Joshua and Caleb tapped into the God kind of faith and said, we are well able to possess it. Why? Because God spoke and they believed what he said. At midnight, the worst possible time, the darkest possible time, in the dungeon, all locked up, I'm supposed to be fulfilling the will of God, I'm supposed to be fulfilling the plan of God, and I am bound up and I am locked up and I cannot do what he's called me to do. Lord, why'd you put me here? No, that was somebody in modern times. And so... <laughs> They said at midnight they prayed and sang praises unto God. Let's look real quick at um, Mark 11, if you've ever read Mark 11. Mark 11, 
23, 24. For verily I say unto you, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Okay? So maybe we've established this for this series, right? Whatever you command, whatever you declare, the first word say is command, the last word say is command, the middle word is the word uh, lagos, and actually means a set, systematic discourse of saying what God says. So in other words, you command the thing, and you don't change your speaking. You continue to say what God says. But then he says what? Verse 24, therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. What does that mean? Well, it says they prayed and sang praises unto God, so they must have prayed for their deliverance, and they believed that they received when they prayed, so then they began to praise. Sometimes the only thing standing between us and the miracle that we believe God is doing is our voice of praise. And that's the very last thing that we want to say in the midst of the intense pressure. Why? Somehow the devil's convinced us. You ever had something like this? Somebody lies and they say, you're a liar. You're the one that's lying. But they're the, really the one that's lying and you know they're the one that's lying and you're kind of like, well, but you're the one. No, you're lying. And then you want to get into this thing. <laughs> But the devil does that. And so he says, well, how can you say that? Can't you see it's not that way? Can't you see that in your body? Don't you see your body hasn't changed? Don't you see there's nothing any different? Don't you see there's giants in that land? Don't you see they, look, they think you're so puny? They would spit on you and kill you. They'd drop a grape on you and you'd pass out. Don't you see all that abundance? You can't even handle the abundance. That's too much abundance for you. All the lies the devil tries to tell us. Because he's trying to get us not to believe God and not to act on God's word and not to speak God's word because the power is in the believing and the speaking. The believing God and the speaking for God. The believing what God said and speaking what God said. Because why? That builds a road so that God can do what he's always wanted to do from the foundation of the world, which is bless your socks off so much that you're like, Lord, you got to give me a second. I can't get any more revelation. I don't want to miss any of this. You got to give me a second. I can't take any more finances. I got to open another account. <laughs> I believe it's coming to pass and your lives right now in Jesus' name. The money will come. The answers will come. The healing is already done. The price has already been paid and the battle has already been won. So what remains for us but praise? To praise the Lord, to lift up his name, to glorify him, they grew strong in faith. Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, knowing that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Let's stand and let's end by praising the Lord uh, with our voices. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you are good. 
that you do good, that all of your ways are good, that you sent your word and you delivered us. Oh, Father, that you woke us up from our slumber and from our sleep. Father, that you show us your way and your path. Father, that your way is greater than ours and your plan is better than ours. We look to you, Father. We cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us and we believe you. We believe God. Wherefore, I believe God. It will be the way that you have said it will be. Say this after me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above. I am not beneath. I am blessed, not cursed. I am healed. I am whole. I am healthy. I am strong. My mind is free. My spirit is alert. I'm full of the life of God. I'm full of the wisdom of God. The spirit of God leads me guides me, directs me all the time. I don't follow strange voices. I live in the word. I abide in the word. The word of God is first place in my life. I receive the word of God. I speak the word of God. God uses me. I'm fulfilling God's plan for me. I will take my place in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He has redeemed me. He has bought me back. Glory to God. He has set me free. I am not dominated by the devil. I am not dominated by financial lack, but I live under the blessing. I live under the spout where the glory of God comes out. The glory of God is upon me. The anointing of God is upon me. The Spirit of God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to declare and to speak, not just for myself, but for all those who will receive the word of God. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I'm living now is no longer mine, but it's Christ's. I look not to myself, but I look to the Spirit of God through the Word of God. He lights up my path. He shows me the way, and I always follow. There's nothing too big for Him. So in Him, there's nothing too big for me. There's no problem. There's no disease. There's no deformity. There's no pressure that he hasn't already overcome. And in him, I am more than an overcomer. I call that problem 
fixed. I call that, I call that, what is that, Lord? I call that overwhelming distress defeated. You will not rule me. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my master. Jesus is my king. Jesus is my everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for our ability to declare and to allow your word to work in us and to work through us. We thank you that you're so good in all of your ways. Father, we pray that you would alert us and that you would keep us constantly looking to you and to your word and speaking what you have for us to speak and saying what you have for us to say. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that your faithfulness is great. There's not even a hint that you would change and that you would turn away from us, but that you believe in us and you've given us your ability. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for uh, coming to the series and having a great weekend of Thanksgiving. And uh, I just encourage you, continue to give thanks to God because it's really, I guess, besides our faith in God, about one of the only things we can give to the Lord. And it actually opens up that avenue of blessing and connection with him. It is our acknowledging what he has given us is ours. So in the face of everything that says something else, you just thank God for the answer. Thank God that it is done. Like I have a, a, a question that you don't need to answer out loud. And that question is, whatever you're believing God for, how serious are you about it? How many times a day do you declare in faith? Not in fear, but in faith. But it can be in the very face of fear. And many times it is in the very face of fear. I have declared things that I believed with my body shaking and tears rolling down my face because I believe God more than I believe all of those feelings, all of those thoughts, all of that pressure. And if you're going to live on the victory side, you have to do that. You don't just sit there and uh, get overcome with what's coming against you. Uh, you can have that come against you, but then you stand up, you make yourself stand up, and you declare, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. It will be the way he says it is. And that, that, um, that's your freedom. Thank you, Jesus. So many times looking to the left and looking to the right, looking to the east and looking to the west, looking for help, 
from this one and that one, looking for deliverance from this one and that one. All the time, the answer's on the inside. All the time, the answer's waiting right there on the inside of you with great love and great power and great deliverance. But looking to the right and looking to the left, looking to the east and looking to the west, you'll not find your help. For your help is in Him. Your help is in Christ. Your help has been delivered unto you even when you received him. So as you look unto him, you'll find there is great freedom and great light in your path. The path will shine bright, brighter than the sun, brighter than anything that you have seen, and it won't cause you to be undone. But that path will grow brighter and brighter and clearer and clearer. And as you begin to take steps, as you begin to walk on that path, you'll walk on the words that you receive from me and that you speak out of your mouth. And that path will become stronger and stronger. And you'll walk uprightly with your head held high and your shoulders back and you'll say, look, he has the one, he is the one that has delivered me and he is the one that has set me on his path and he has made his way possible for me, not even from myself or my own thoughts or even things I didn't know that I desired. He opened up a way and he opened up a path and he gave me the words to speak and the things to say. And so I entered into that glorious holiday. I entered into that glorious place because he made it possible and he gave me those things and he gave me those words and then I just began to speak them. It's not really of myself. It's not really from me for it's all of him for he has set me free. His grace has delivered unto me the greatest and mightiest and most precious and most wonderful things from his kingdom. Oh, and the plan, the plan that he had, that I saw a glimpse that I knew it was coming to pass, and then I turned away. The plan, the plan is brighter, and the plan is clearer, and now I know this is what I need to do, and this is where I need to go. So I'm not distressed, and I'm not in fear, and I'm not held in bondage, but I've been set free because the king has set me free. By his very words, he set me free, and now I know I have what he said was mine. And so now I take and I grab hold with my believer on the inside, and I don't look and dwell on the thoughts that would come to my head and try to attach and grab hold of those things because it's my security and my comfort. I grab hold of the word of God because it is more precious to me than anything else more precious than millions of dollars, more precious than tons of people. The word of God abides in me and lives in me, and it has set me free. And the word of God has given me clarity, and the word of God has made a path for me to walk, a path for me to talk, a path for me to live, uh, and the glory of God is my way. And so I don't walk in man's ways, and I'm not limited to what they would say and what they would think and how they could figure it out or how I could figure it out. I'm limited only by the very words of God. And so he speaks to me and he shows me and he opens up to me the very precious things of his kingdom, the very things that I had longed for and that I had sought for and that I had, I had inquired and asked of him. He has unfolded and revealed those things to me. And now I see, not as a man sees, but I see things that he is revealing and that he is showing, precious things of the kingdom, precious things of that realm of the supernatural precious things that my heart had longed for but my lips could not find words to speak and so now I see those things and I'm thankful for those things and I enter into those things and I'm not looking back to the other way and the old way and going back to the old life 
But my life is forever changed. In fact, I have a marker in my life now. And after this marker, now I walk out bold and strong in him. I am not overcome with grief and I am not overcome with despair and I am not overcome with confusion, but I am walking in him and he has set me aright and he has set me up and made me stand and made me tall so that I am not confused and I am not gonna fall. I walk and I jump and I leap over the wall because he has anointed me. He has made me able. He has made me worthy. It's all of him and none of me. He has set me free. Oh, he has given me victory. He has given me strength and he has given me life. Praise God. So victory today is mine. Victory today is mine. Victory today is mine. I don't walk in defeat. I refuse defeat one second longer. I walk in victory. I walk in the vigor of the Lord, in the vitality of the Lord. He has emboldened me and he has filled me with his very spirit and his spirit causes me to stand up tall and stand up strong on the inside and the outside. I no longer and subject and swayed by the thoughts of the enemy and the thoughts of the devil, but I am free. I'm set 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 free. Who he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I am not bound any longer. I am not tied up any longer, but he has set me free, and now I walk in victory, and now I dance, and now I shout because the glory is being poured out. My life is different. My life has changed. I'm not walking in the old way, I'm walking the heavenly way, where the glory of God is, where the plan of God is, where the anointing of God is, where the purpose of God is, and where the light of God is. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's uh, just raise our hands and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. Oh, your good and your mercy endures forever. Everything. Everything that you said shall come to pass. Everything that you promised us in your word belongs to us. Everything that you have given us is ours. We're not here just taking up space, but we are here living for you, speaking for you, walking for you, talking for you, and you bless us, and you enable us, and you multiply our seed sown, and you multiply us. We are well able, we are well able to possess the land. We are well able to possess the land. We are well able to possess the land. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater than any trouble. Greater than any distress. Greater than any challenge. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Glory, glory. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.